Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. you guys think tell, how many of you guys like what now just be real with me now be real if you, don't lie at church okay you can lie at home don't lie here though all right <laughs> jay says you can't lie at home either um how many of you guys like at first you're like i wasn't too stoked about having to get out of my seat and talk and meet people raise your hand you're like that was probably me amen hallelujah but now now how many of you guys though like but once you started doing it you're like oh it's not so bad that's not so bad. Raise your hand. Come on. Amen. And the rest of you guys, what did you guys think? Was that, was that fun? Come on. <laughs> There's an award if you can remember everybody's name in your group, especially if you were in Huntington or Costa Mesa or Anaheim. You guys. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to need some prayer here. You guys ready? Ah, what time is it? Beautiful. Beautiful. It's time to pray, Ben says. All right. Shh. If you're in the back hanging out, chatting, and it's a really good conversation, you can just go out the doors and keep having it. I don't want to stand in the way of connection. Just. All right. <laughs> oh. I remember one time I was, in a, I was in a meeting where people were really manifesting in the back and just like a, a pile of people. Actually, I was in that pile. And um, I'm manifesting. So we were on the floor laughing and rolling around. Holy rollers. Um, the presence of God, let me, let, me, let me translate that. The presence of the living God was so real and powerful that we were feeling his, his presence. And so we were, we were compelled to be on the floor. And, and so once we were on the floor, we realized there was no reason to get off the floor. Um, because we didn't have to do anything. We were just hanging out with the Father on the floor. Um, that's, a lot of kids do that. And, and so we, did, we didn't feel compelled to get up. So that's why we're on the floor, if you were wondering why were they on the floor. Um, anyway, but then the guy that was starting the meeting wanted to start the meeting. So he asked us to continue the pig pile in the hallway, which, which we did. Listen, here's the deal, guys. We, we, we can't be afraid of a manifestation of God showing up. I mean, there's, there's some of you guys are in worship and you're holding it together and you all, all you want to do is do cartwheels, right? Like, and sometimes you're in a meeting and you start laughing, but you, reckon, you can feel that the laughter is actually causing a lot of attention to be drawn to you. And you can feel like that's not really what God's trying to do, that someone's trying to share or whatever, but you just get so filled up with God that you start laughing, Okay. If, if that were to happen, I wouldn't want you to stop having an encounter with God because that's probably better than whatever message is being preached. However, sometimes it's, it's, not, it's not wrong to be like, excuse yourself so you can continue to have that, that, that encounter with God closer where it's not going to disrupt everybody as much, right? Um, sometimes we'll be praying for someone and it gets kind of rowdy and we're like, okay, cool. Well, we don't want to cause too much attention as one person. We, we're going to keep praying for them in the back. Does that make sense? So anyway, so I, I don't know if that'll happen here or whatever, but if you happen to have an encounter with God and, and you don't want to be the center of attention, you can, you know, move to the back and keep having the encounter. The encounters are beautiful. And maybe the person next to you starts laughing too, and then we realize this isn't just for you. All right. 
But when I'm having an encounter with God during worship, I assume it's just for me, for the most part. I don't assume that I'm, I'm the one that God's gonna highlight every time to be that manifestation that everybody's supposed to follow. Because I'd rather, I, I get more excited about just me and him. And so if he uses me to create some fire and some passion to other people, hallelujah. But my, 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 I'm not up here wondering if people are watching me worship. I'm up here having God. So anyway, all right. I don't know where we got on that one, but. All right, Father, we need prayer. God, we need prayer. Lord, Lord, help me, God. Help me this morning. It's been a wonderful morning, Father. We just ask that your, your Holy Spirit continues to speak to us, continues to heal people this morning, continues to, to, to spread your fire in us, God. Lord, we need your fire in our lives, God. God, I pray that we would be the hungriest church in Orange County. And I pray that every church would be radically hungry. I pray there'd be churches that make us jealous and that we would, we would want, we'd become more hungry. So Father, I pray that, that we would, you would just give us an insatiable appetite for more of you, more of your love, more of your acceptance, more of your radical calling in our lives, God. Just put your hand on your belly right now. Say, Father, make me hungry. Father, help me, help me, help me, help me grow in my hunger, God. Yeah. Nicole, Pastor Nicole said something this morning during our pre-service prayer. She says, I don't, I don't make dinner unless my kids are hungry. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's really true. I don't, I don't prepare a meal for them um, unless they're hungry, you know. And um, I, I love another quote I heard was that in the kingdom we get hungry by eating. In the natural, we get hungry by not eating. And so how do, you, how do you get hungry is you feast. You feast on God. You read his word. You worship. You get around. You fellowship. You talk about what he's doing, the testimonies. Share life together. Talk about God and all that stuff. So we, 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 when, we, when we, we stir up our hunger by feasting on God. And, and because of that, he sets a table he sets a banqueting table for us because he's like, my kids are hungry. I'll put something out. So if you want to grow, you got to get hungry. I'm always interested in what's keeping me from getting hungry. I'm always paying attention if I'm hungry or not. And if I'm, if I'm more hungry for Netflix than I am my Bible, or if I'm more hungry for, uh, I don't know, whatever, you know, you know, hanging out with friends than I am sitting alone with the Lord. And I, I love hanging out with friends. I start, I, I'm learning, right? I'm learning. I'm, I'm becoming aware of, am I more hungry for something other than God? And um, he's in everything, right? He's in all my things, all of our stuff. He really is. But you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean? It, our, our attention to be on him. And it's going to, it grows hunger in us. And so no condemnation to what, you're, what whether you spend enough time with God or not. That's ridiculous. But you know if you're hungry or not. You know if, church is a chore or where you're excited about what God might do on a Sunday morning. And so I, nobody else can manage your hunger. You're in charge of your hunger levels. And if you're having a hard time getting hungry, man, find somebody else that's hungry and link arms with them until you're hungry again. All right. Jesus. Okay. Hey, I'm going <laughs> to, I feel like I need to pray again. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. I want to talk about, one of the things I've been, I've been asking God a lot for is, is for uh, some, some words on prayer. I love prayer. I love talking to God. I love listening to him. I love prophecy. One of the things I love about prophecy is that you can't do it without him. It's amazing when people learn how to, how to hear from God for somebody else for the first time. And the, the greatest part about that whole interaction isn't for the other person. It's like, I think I just heard God. Yeah. <laughs> and that changes everything for people. I remember one time I heard Chris Valentin say that, he asked God, that God asked him a question while he was reading the word. God asked him, what's, what's Lot's wife's name? And and Chris is trying to figure out the answer, and I'm over here with my mind blown that God just asked you a question. I'm like, ho, ho, hold on, hold on. God spoke to you? Did that mess anybody else up when they, when they crossed into that place of Christianity where it was not just theory anymore? See, that messed me up. All right, prayer, prayer. Oh, um, before I dive in, I don't wanna forget. We're, we're going after, um, we, our youth group graduated. And Chris did a fantastic job, um, him and James and a couple other leaders just did an incredible job raising up some of these youth. They all graduated. They're doing incredible stuff in their colleges right now. Um, but Chris, uh, our team really wants to raise up another youth group. And so if, if you feel called to pour into youth, um, whether it's junior high or high school, for now, let's just leave it at that. If that feels something you're excited about, we're going to have a meeting right afterwards. Chris is going to meet with you in the back patio. Um, for like 15 minutes, so nothing too long. So if that's feeling something exciting to you, I encourage you, today is the day, go do that, okay? I'll try to remind you at the end, but if I don't, there's that, okay? Is good? All right, great. I'm excited. I really believe God's gonna bring a youth revival and a, a youth movement is what I keep hearing um, in our church. Um, and so be praying for that if you're a prayer warrior. Okay, what time is it? Yep, we got this. Oh, I love you, God. Okay, prayer. So one thing, I had a few things that I, notes that I jotted down. I am not gonna get to all of them. But I feel like, I feel like there's like foundations that, there, that I feel like I'm hungry to, I'm, I'm a hungry discipler. I'm personally really hungry and I'm hungry to disciple people and build them up because people, if we've been given any good call in the Lord, we've given lots, but one of the primary one is to go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus, it was one of the top things that he did was he trained up three people and then, and then, uh, and then you know, another 12 or so. Uh, he, he had this group of people that he walked with and discipled and that was probably his greatest legacy that he turned the world upside down with three people. And so I'm, I, I get kind of caught up in that. I know everybody's strengths are different, but my strengths really align themselves to this vision. Um, and so I think about discipleship a lot. I think about what's a foundational thing that we, we have to get. Like what's, if I could say, what are the top three things that every Christian, if they don't do this, their, their, their buildings will fall. Right, whatever you're building in your Christendom, Christianity, your, your that sounds religious. Whatever you're building with your relationship with God, if it's not built on a few things, it's going to crumble, right? Building on a foundation. And so one of these foundations I've just, you can't get away from um, is prayer. I'm gonna make this personal. So my, my journey with prayer, um, some of you guys know I got saved when I was 18 at a Young Life camp in Malibu. I love, I love Young Life. Um, I didn't really, someone gave me a Bible there, but I didn't open the Bible for about two years. 
I was what they call a slow convert. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it took me a while to get going. I had a slow starter. I definitely didn't pray, and I definitely didn't open the Bible. And then there was a point, and then I started learning about worship, and then I started, and it was like a slow start for me. God, God bless you. And so it took me until about 2003, so 97 I got saved, 2003, what's that, six years? It took me six years to really start getting excited about God. So if you were quicker than that, you're way ahead of the power curve, okay? Six years, why not? So, but I got lit on fire with God when he started speaking to me in his word. And I don't know what he said, it just became, it just became alive to me, and I became more aware that something was happening when I read his word. And I remember, the day, I remember the day I was worshiping in a group in my college. And I remember when my hands slowly went up like this. And, and they wouldn't go down. <laughs> and I remember the day. It's so funny. You remember these moments with God. I remember the day they just didn't go down. They just stayed up there. And I remember going like this. And I was like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> And I remember telling the manager of the house I lived in, I said, Sean, I got it. I got it. I was worshiping and my hands stayed up there. Anyway, if you're not laughing, you should be. I, I mean, it's hilarious to me now that this was my, my level of getting it, right? But how many of you guys, like, this, but, but, so my journey with prayer was so slow. And, and so I, I, you know, when I was in the Navy, um, I moved to San Diego, and I got lit on, the, lit on, the, on God in 2003. I, I met a friend of mine, and we literally went everywhere we could, we could to see God move. He was kind of moving in the church I was in, but we, we needed more. We were hungry, okay? And, and the food set in front of us was not enough, and so I needed more food. And so we went to every little Holy Spirit meeting. There was a group called City of Refuge in San Diego. They would worship out of a, a little warehouse, not a big one like this, a tiny one. And because there was no room. So I sat outside the warehouse, worshiped. And, um, and as we were there, we got lit on fire for God. And I started reading a book called Red Moon Rising. And it's, it's an older book. I mean, 2003 and probably before that. But it was all about a 24-7 prayer movement that was rushing across Europe. And, and um, they called these little rooms where they pray night and day called boiler rooms. And, this, I, and I, I read the testimonies that would come out of these cities and they were praying for 24-7, around the clock, every day. And it was a movement. And I was just like, oh, yes, I want to do that. I mean, I'm in the Navy doing stuff, but I want to do that too. And so I read the book, and it just, it just, it's one of those books that just changed everything for me. And so I, I, said, I said to my friend, Eddie, I said, Eddie, we need a 24-hour prayer house. We need something like that. And so we started praying about it and doing stuff. And long story short, my friend Eddie got an exam and said, you should go to D.C. and meet this guy, Lou Engel. So Eddie went out to, Lou, uh, went out to D.C. back in 2005 or 6 and, and met Lou met a, um, uh, and, and, and got just captivated by the message of the Justice House of Prayer. He brought it back and says, Jesse, we're supposed to do a Justice House of Prayer in San Diego. And so I'm like, okay, Eddie, I followed you this far. Let's do it. And so we started praying I think two hours a day, twice a week. We started somewhere, right? We just started, and I, was, I led worship for a lot of that. And it, it started, to, it was like a slow beginning for me. I started falling in love with prayer. And so I, I, just, I just got lit more and more with prayer. And it got in me. And, and the way we were praying was different than the way, than the way I pray now. I actually met, met um, Pastor Chris in one of those meetings. 
I remember he walked in the room. It was just Eddie and I, because that was a slow day in the prayer house. And, uh, and, and we were, but it didn't matter. We were so just overtaken with God's presence that we're on the floor, like I was in the pig pile. And I was just, we were just praying and laughing and, and we were literally seeing visions of God. And in comes this guy that I'd never seen before. I'm thinking, oh God, he's gonna be so offended. <laughs> and, and he joined us. He just jumped right in. <laughs> and to this day, I get to pray with him, which is really cool. And I, I was just taken with prayer in a prayer house with, with, a, with a vision to end, um, end abortions. And so we pray, and I remember standing on the, on, on the steps of, a, of, a, of a, a university down there with tape over my mouth that said life, and, 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 and we would just pray for hours that God would send a solution to the ending of abortion. And we prayed a whole lot more than that, but that was my prayer history. And then, and then I kind of, I, I started learning more about the Holy Spirit and miracle signs and wonders, and I started getting pulled away from prayer ministry a little bit because I wanted to see the action of my prayers. And so I started getting more excited about seemingly getting healed, saved, and delivered. So I'd be on the street praying for a bunch of people until finally one person got healed. And I got, okay, maybe God does heal people. <laughs> you guys ever been there? You, you think he heals people. You're pretty sure, but I've never seen it done. <laughs> but I, I prayed for enough people that finally I saw people get healed where I couldn't deny it. And so if you're ever in that place where you're not sure if God moves in that way with you, I encourage you, pray for 100 people and then, and then come talk to me and tell me if God heals people or not. But you can't do it after three people, okay? You, just, you can't stop after three and, and, and conclude that God doesn't use you in healing, okay? Don't do that, all right? Oh, I love my wife. Um, prayer. See, I, I, I'm, I'm more than, I don't know that I can create, I don't have, I have the history of some prayer warriors. Um, I don't quite consider myself a prayer warrior, okay? I used to be maybe, but now I just, I just consider myself a really good son that loves to talk to God, which I'm not discounting the word prayer warrior. I'm just saying there's some people that just naturally find themselves alone with God praying like this for hours. <laughs> This is, by the way, if you ever see me do this during worship, it's because my prayer, prayer house days. It's still in there. I'm up here worshiping, but I'm also saying, God, touch everybody in this room. Touch everybody in this room. And man, that, that takes me into worship too. So I just want to cast vision for prayer, and I think we'll spend more time because we could talk all about prayer and worship. We could talk about sacrificial prayer. We could talk about the prayer that you, you pray for rain one day, and it, and it just happens. We were on a walk with my kids, and I told my daughter about my friend Bobby Brown that prayed for rain one time, and it started raining in Mexico. And she's like, can we do that? I'm like, Yes. <laughs> And it happened at the Seine recently. That's right. They were singing, let it rain. And it starts raining. And there's actual, there's actual images of weather um, on the weather forecast that shows that it was, that was the green rain was right over the stadium. And nowhere else. And it only rained for that song. Every revival, I, I like to study revival. 
If you've never learned about historical revivals, you can start easy. Just, just get the book God's Generals. I'm going to resource you today. God's Generals, Red Moon Rising. And you can start to read about the historical, the, the history of God. Things that they never taught me in my first 10 years of being saved. Man, why is that? Man, so weird. Like, 1820s, Charles Finney, arguably one of the greatest revivalists of our time, of, of any time. Charles Finney gave himself, I think he started in his like 40s or something like that. He was, a, he was an older guy before he finally started praying for people and realizing this was a call in his life. Charles Finney would go into cities and do revival meetings. Crazy miracles and repentance would break out. But you know what he, he you know who went into the city before him? A guy named Daniel Nash. And Daniel Nash partnered with Charles Finney for years, and he would go into the city two weeks or so, two to three weeks before the meeting. And there's actual, you know, um, there's, there's quotes in, uh, of this actually happening. And Daniel would go into the city, he'd find two or three Christians that were like-minded back then. This is like 1820s. And he would find two or three Christians that were like-minded, and they'd knock on someone's door and ask if they could use their house. And they would go in and pray in this person's basement, the three of them. And the one woman that quotes it says, you know, they didn't, they didn't actually ask for any food. They just stayed down there and they were praying. And I didn't interrupt them because I was afraid to interrupt them. Because they were praying for a move of God. And so by the time Charles Finney would come into the, into the city, there was already a spirit of prayer that was covering and moving ahead of them. 1905, Evan Roberts was, a, was, a, was a, uh, I think, a son of a coal miner family. I think he might have been the coal miner, I forget. But he was a coal miner, and he, 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 he got lit for God and, wanted to move, and, and just got excited to pray for the next move of God. He had no idea when that was going to come, kind of like us a little bit, except I feel like we're in the middle of one. But he didn't know what was going to happen, so he started a prayer meeting that, that started, that got lit on fire, that ended up lasting all night. People would line up at the door. No one would end up leading these meetings. If you read the stories, of, this is, and it started what's called the Welsh Revival in Wales. And so this revival is so crazy, you guys. You guys got to read about this stuff. I think it's called World of Flame by Rick Joyner. It's all about the Welsh Revival. It was started with a prayer meeting by a coal miner that didn't really know much. He didn't have seminary under his belt. They just started praying. I think it was with a bunch of older ladies. Hallelujah. And he just started praying. This, the Welsh revival was so catalytic that almost every revival after that can be traced to that. The Azusa Street revival can be traced to the Welsh revival, which, by the way, since I'm on the topic... William Seymour Jr. was taking a job in L.A. as a pastor. He preached once, and they locked the door on him. They wouldn't let him back in his own congregation. So he found somewhere and started a prayer meeting. And it was out of that prayer meeting that God started showing up. And it was out of that little prayer meeting that they started the Azusa Street Revival. And they found a building, and they started doing a revival. And where did it start? It started with prayer. couple more examples. I just, this is it's history, guys. A man by the name of Reese Howells during the World War II. Reese Howells uh, is a book called Reese Howells Intercessor. 
this is a man that wanted to learn how to pray, and so he actually had to learn how to pray. Some of the guys, we, we forget that some of our heroes had to start somewhere. They didn't have a following of 100,000 people on their Instagram and start selling product, you know? Like, <laughs> start, they didn't start a church after having a, a following. They literally started it in their house, and they started praying. And Reese Howells would, would pray for a friend that was sick, and he'd pray in his room until something changed. And he'd pray for a day or two days or a few hours, and then God would say, you have what you asked for, now stop praying. And he'd find out that they were healed that very hour. And God would actually say, if you keep praying, it means you don't believe that I did something. I don't know what to do with that, but I love that, I love that, I love, I love that how he went after it. And so little by little, he would walk, I think, five miles to and from work, and he'd pray during those five miles. Eventually, he started, um, you know, he wanted to build a school and a university, and God said, I want you to buy a building for your, your university. And so with 14 cents in his bank account, 14 cents. Now, that would have been more back then, but still wasn't much, right? And so <laughs> he goes to buy the property, and they say, do you have the down payment? No, but I'll get it. And they end up buying the property for this university that lasted for years and years and years. The university where he would tell people, I want you to pray. I want you to pray not just for your tuition, but I want you to pray that God would find you a place to live and he'd find you groceries. And people that came to this, this university had to pray that God would provide for the call on their life. And so one of the, one of the coolest stories about Reese is that he's actually, there's, there's documented um, evidence that they had a prayer, he would hear about a battle that was going on. He would start praying in this room with, I don't know, three to 10, 12 people, I don't know how many, I forget. And they would start to pray, and they'd find out in the news that in that very hour, God showed up in that battle and changed everything. Read about it. Reese Howells. Just, just Google it. Reese Howells, World War II testimonies. I believe that, that if we're ever going to see what we want to see in our own lives and in the revival that we're in right now, that we have to understand that prayer has to play a big part. Um, I'm pausing only because there's a lot more notes than I feel like I'm supposed to say right now. Um, I think sometimes we don't pray not because we're not informed enough on how to pray. I think, I think there's other reasons why we don't pray. I think it's not just like, oh, I don't, I'm not smart enough to pray. Right? I haven't listened to enough messages on prayer, so I'm, I'm, I don't pray very much. I, I think there's, there's, there's other things going on in our hearts and our minds. That, and so one thing I just wanted, I want to start this morning as I shared, is I want to give us vision for prayer. I'm going to be real with you. Sometimes I have a hard time with prayer because I think God's so good, he wants to do it anyway. Like, why would I pray for revival in Orange County? He wants it more than I do. I'm just, I'm just being real, right? Like, I, I, I have such an under, I, I don't want to sound too prideful here. I love God that much, and I believe that he's so good, he'll never let me down. 
And so I find myself not praying as often as I think I'd like to. I didn't say as much as I should, as much as I'd like to. And so, but I, and I, I, sometimes I feel like I, I attribute that to, he's so good, he'll never let me down. I just lay hands on people and they recover because he's so good. And so I have this weird thing in the back of my head that doesn't push me into prayer. And yet, I know that I know that I know that he calls us to ask, to knock and keep knocking, to seek and you will find. Colossians 4, 2, it says, you guys ready for this? It says, devote yourself. Everybody say, devote yourself. Devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Say that, devote yourself. You know, sometimes the Bible says things like that, and it's like, it doesn't quite capture in the moment, but I tell you, that captured me. Devote yourself in prayer. What's it mean to devote yourself? I don't know. I don't know. This journey is a personal journey. I can't tell you how you should pray, even though I think a lot of preachers try to tell you what to do. I can't tell you how to encounter the Father because you're you. You've got a different relationship with Him. But the Word says devote yourself. And I want to tell you, like, if you, if you want to get hungry for God, this is one way to eat. As you start praying. I want to tell you, if you don't have a prayer life now, and I'm going to be real, I, I, my guess is arguably 80% of the church doesn't have a prayer life. And, that, and maybe it's 90, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm an optimist kind of at heart, so it hurts me to say 80%. But I'm just going to be real. Like, I think we're better at a lot of other things than, than devoting ourselves to prayer and thanksgiving. And, I, I, you know, hear me in this. Don't, don't feel any shame. Don't feel any condemnation. If, that, if you're like, oh, I'm the 80. Because <laughs> I feel like I'm like right around like 81. Like, me, like I'm somewhere, like, you know, I'm like, I, I could straddle that line, you know. And I, I see people like Lou Engle that commit themselves to fasting and praying every other day. I used, <laughs> during my prayer, my prayer room days, we used to do a lot of fasting too. But here's, here's my point. If we don't cultivate a spirit and a hunger for prayer in our lives, we're going to be held back from what we really want to see. It's, it's just true. It's just true. Listen, I, I want to run fast. How many of you guys want to run together? Raise your hand right now. If, if, you, if you're hungry for God to show up in your life, somehow, some way, I need him to move in my life and my parents' life. I'm hungry for something more, Right? I promise you, you, can, you might have a couple good sprints in there, but without prayer, it won't last. I've had a couple good sprints. I really have. Have you guys had some good sprints? Some quick runs at it? You're like, whoa, God showed up. And, and then something happened, and you lost the hunger. You got offended. You got frustrated, and you, and you slowed down. Prayer, I believe, prayer is how you maintain the run is you maintain the run, not because you're praying for cities and revival, but because you're talking and you're meeting with the Father. 
Psalm 16, 8 says this, says, I have set the Lord continually before me. Everybody say continually. continually. Say, I've set the Lord continually before me. Whoa! I've set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. You want to not be shaken off this path? You set him before you. You get into his presence. You sit down and you say, God, I'm so thankful you're before me. And then you just share your life with him. That's prayer. You just share your world with him. God, I'm really frustrated right now. God, I'm happy. I'm so happy right now. God, can you believe what just happened? That was amazing. God, can you believe what just happened? That was horrible. And I've set the Lord continually before me. Therefore, my heart is glad and, and my glory rejoices and my flesh. Anybody having a hard time with their flesh? My flesh. My flesh. My flesh will also dwell securely. This is gold. This is the whole sermon right here. And then it says, if you're feeling lonely, it says, it says, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. See, when you set the Lord before you in prayer, now you can set the Lord before you all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like oh, I, I'm with them. I go to work with them. I come home. I jump on the trampoline with my kids with God. He's before me. But there's something that happens when you're intentionally with him. And then it says this. It says, you will make known to me the path of life. Woo! How many guys, don't raise your hand. How many guys don't know where you're going right now? <laughs> come on, it's true. It's true. How, I don't know how many times I'm on the prayer line somewhere, if not here, somewhere, and they're saying, would you just pray that God would show me my purpose? I should be like, are you praying for God to show you? <laughs> I mean, I can pray for you, but, but I'm just being real. Have you set the Lord continually before you? Because he's going to make known the path of life. And in your presence is the fullness of hot up here. In his presence is the fullness of joy, and in his right hand there are pleasures forever. The, ple the pleasures of God. This is prayer. This is the result of prayer. It got real simple. Spend time with him. Get alone with him. Two things I want to throw at you, and then we'll be done. I want to encourage you guys, the word that I kept hearing throughout this message is the word consistency. Consistency. You know how you uh, create a new habit? Consistency. It says 21 to 63 days. Some say even 128 days, depending on what the habit is. Some habits are tough to keep and tough to break. Consistency. You know how I, I, I teach my kids? Consistency that I say the same thing again and again. I don't, change, I don't change what I'm saying to them. Come on, parents, right? I heard you two, you, you two ladies have, have kids. It's consistency. Because when they're 18, they're gonna wonder if you were real or not. 
right? Were you lying to them? Were you placating them? Were you actually leading them somewhere? Were you just trying to get your way in the moment and control them? It's when they're 17 and 18 where they trust you because you've been the same the whole time. If you want to cultivate a prayer, a heart of prayer that actually gets you to where you want to go, you have to learn to be consistent. And so if that means I'm going to be consistent with two-minute prayer times, I'm going to pray for two minutes right now, and tomorrow I'm going to pray for another two minutes. And then the next day, two minutes. And the next day, two minutes. How many of you guys ever just said, I'm going to pray for two minutes, and it turns into a half hour? Come on. I want to challenge you. So consistency is one. I could, I could share scriptures about consistency of knocking, keep knocking, about the persistent widow that didn't stop, about, about um, Jacob who consistently wrestled with, the God, with God and didn't let up. Listen, consistency. If, if you fall off the bandwagon of prayer and you find you haven't prayed all this week, get back on and, see, and keep going. Consistency. Let me say it again. You cannot build your life in God and not have prayer in your foundation. I'm reminded, Jesus culture. You guys ever heard of Jesus culture? I traveled around a little bit with, with Bethel Redding doing some missions trips. They didn't know who Bethel was, but they knew who Jesus culture was. Where you oh, from this church. Oh, I, I don't know, where, where are they? You know who Jesus culture is? Oh, I love Jesus culture. You know <laughs> Listen, you know how Jesus culture got started? It was banning a youth group leader with a few youth in his office praying. I'm serious. They just prayed. They prayed for the, they, I remember I visited one time and they said they were praying against a, an abortion clinic in their city that day. They just started by prayer. And now look what happened. He raised up these young people, the, the, you know, the Kim Walkers, the Chris Kalalas, the, and, and now they're leading this massive movement. This church is like 4,000 people. It started in a prayer room. I don't know what you're called to do. You're probably not called to do a, a, a worship movement like that. But you're called to something. Something important. Even if you're called to one person for the rest of your life. Even if you're called to care for a couple orphans. It's a calling that has to be sustained through prayer. Through meeting with him. Setting him continually before you. So the other thing, last thing I want to say, I want to encourage you with. As I said it before, I'm just going to say it again. I find that five minute moments... It's a whole lot easier for me than clearing my schedule for two hours. I like the two hours. I learn a lot about God in those two hours. But I'm fueled by the five minutes sometimes. I'm fueled. That's the consistent place in my heart. Is that when I pull in somewhere in my car, I do, if I haven't done it that day, I stop. And I, and I, I turn the worship music a little higher. And I just start going, God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you're here. You're present. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Help me with this thing. This is so hard. Or God, what do you want to do today? Or, or I'll, just, I'll just hang out with him. I had a talk with someone this morning that prayer is really difficult for this person because it doesn't feel very productive. He's like, yeah, come on. <laughs> Preach that. It doesn't feel productive. How many of you guys feel that way sometimes? Come on, just be real. Right? Because you're just sitting there talking to God, but it just... You can have that conversation anytime. I've got stuff to do. <laughs> I'm just, just being a little real with you. Listen, you need to get over this productivity thing. 
that sitting with the Father has, it, it, I mean, I think Chris and I had this conversation one time. It is the most productive thing you could do. But we don't have that thought process yet. But how do you get that thought process? Consistency. <laughs> Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. So I want to encourage you, get rid of the productivity thing the, that you have to be working in his presence all the time and learn to sit with him. And if nothing happens in those five minutes that you can tell, Hallelujah. You're going to do the same thing tomorrow and the next day and the next day until, until this thing becomes a water to my dry, until it becomes like air. So I want to challenge you guys five minutes a day. I know, I know. I set the bar real low. I set it low because I don't think you'll be able to do it. I think you'll start with five and it'll turn to seven to 10 to 15. I promise you. If you have a, even a desire to be around God and you start praying, he's gonna teach you. He's gonna teach you. In fact, if you need, if you need help, just start reading Psalm 68, 16, 8, or the whole thing. And just start there. Why don't you guys stand with me? <laughs> if... We're going to pray for a few minutes, okay? I promise it's not going to be 15 or 20, but we're going to pray for a few minutes. So if, if you're pregnant and you need to sit down or you've just been on your feet or whatever, <laughs> feel free to sit down. There's nothing super spiritual about standing up. I just want to take some time and pray. Francis Chan spoke on prayer one time. I heard a couple months ago, and it, he says, this is, it's crazy to come in and, and be asked to preach on prayer. Like, what, what, what is this message going to get you to start praying more or something? You'll only start praying more when you start praying. There's nothing I can say that will move you to pray more. Okay, How many, you, we've all been talked at. We've just got to start doing it. And you get hungry. So Father, just... Father, if you want to pray on your own, you can. I'm going to pray for just a few minutes. I might pull somebody else up. I don't know. But right now, Father, we just pray. We, 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 we set you before us right now that we, that we are aware that you're near us, God. Because you are at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, Father, and my glory, my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell, dwell securely. My flesh will not want to rise up and, and, and defend itself. It, it won't want to rebel. My flesh will dwell securely in your presence, for it is saved flesh. It is redeemed. Father, that you will not abandon us. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are near us, God, that you've never left us alone. I thank you, God, that that our holy ones will not undergo decay. God, I thank you, Lord, when we're in your presence, we are healed. That your healing is in your presence, God. And so when, when we set you continually before us, we are stepping into healing. Whew. Father, we thank you right now. We pray that you would make our path known to us. Right now, I just feel like God's starting to show people your path that I feel like the Lord is showing you the next step, maybe not the whole path, but he's showing you the path.
And Lord, I thank you for fullness of joy because when we set you before us, we have joy. We, we feel your presence. God, I pray that our prayer times, even right now, God, I pray that there be a manifestation of your presence, God. And in fact, if you want, just go ahead and put your hands out in front of you like you're receiving a gift and you say, Father, I wanna feel your presence. And don't be confused if you don't feel it that he's not there. Just start here. Say, Father, thank you for your presence. Ha! And at your right hand are pleasures forever. God, I thank you for treasures and pleasures. I thank you for your favor on our lives, God, that you, you died on the cross for us to walk in the blessing of joy, of solutions, of wisdom, ideas, creativity. now I just want to take a few minutes to pray for this. I want you to pray. I want you to pray that the Lord would help you with your hunger. That he would, he would put food in front of you. The best food. The four course prefix menu that you paid a lot of money for on Valentine's Day. <laughs> that he would set up before you. That you'd be, you, you, just, you couldn't wait to dive in on that, that scrumptious meal. <laughs> Father, I pray for hunger in our community. I pray for hunger that leads us to you, God. I pray for hunger. Right now, I just ask God, Lord, would you give me hunger? Would you give us dreams that make us hungry, God? I pray, that there be, I pray God, that you would release dreams in this room. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so I ask right, right now, we ask for dreams, that you would lead us in our workplaces with dreams, God. That you would give us dreams for our friends, God. So just raise your voice right now. Just, just put something on your lips. I love what Bill Johnson says, and I like it, that prayer can be 90% worship and 10% prayer. Because after 90% of worship, after four minutes of worship, you have a perspective. And he says you can, you can pray for a lot of stuff in that last 10%. <laughs> so Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, we pray for more. Listen, I want my kids to ask for more more of my time, more snuggles, more wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to end with this. Just, just thank him. Just thank him right now. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, thank you for the call in our lives, the path on our lives. Thank you, Father. It's with thanksgiving that we're going to see what he's giving us. Whew. Thank you, Father. While we're still praying, God, I pray for, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that's never, never actually talked with you, never thought it was possible, or maybe they've tried to talk to you, but they've never heard back, God, that maybe there's people here that, that wouldn't consider themselves saved right now, that wouldn't consider themselves that, that they know you. If there's anybody here that you just felt there's a burning in your heart, there's a, there, to, that, that something started happening while you were here during worship, during the message, if, if, that's, if that's you, if one or two people here, I just feel like there's a couple people here, 
I want, I want to encourage you right now. Just say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to come in, forgive everything that I've, all the mistakes that I've made, the sins that I may have done, and forgive me. And would you come into my life? Would you be real with me? Would you be real in my life? And would, would, you, would you bring me into your heavenly realms right now? And we're gonna have our prayer team come on up. And why don't you guys, if you're part of the prayer team, just start making your way up. If, if, you, if, you, if you felt something like stir in your heart that, that wasn't stirring before, if there's like a fire burning or there's like a vibration happening, if you're feeling called to pray more um, just, as a, just beyond your everyday thing, if, if this feels like this is a calling in you that maybe it was dormant and it's being reawakened, I want you to come up and get prayer and just tell them, hey, I feel like God's touching me and I, think I, and I just feel like God, God wants to use me in prayer more. If that's you, I want you to do something with that thing. Do something with it. Come on up, ask one of these amazing people to pray for you and to help ignite that move of God. Okay, so Father, we love you, God. I pray that, that every single person here, God, you speak to them, you lead them, God. We can do nothing but be led by you first, God. And so God, I know that you're leading our community into prayer. I pray that you would teach them how to pray. I pray that you would teach them and I pray, I pray for beautiful consistency that we would just keep on going. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Come on, just give him, a, give him a shout of praise right now. Just give him thanks. God, we thank you, God. We thank you for what you're doing, God. We thank you, God. We pray for rain in our city, God. We pray that, we pray that you would come with your fire. Amen, amen. You guys have an incredible week. If you need prayer for anything, if you need healing, come on up, get a word from the Lord. Get, get healed, get saved, get delivered. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.